Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Oh, hey there. Welcome back, Solar Warrior. Happy Friday. I love the Friday crowd. You are such committed, infinite learners. Hey, if you're unfamiliar, we call this Flashback Friday, and it's my way of giving you a glimpse back at something we did recently that I think you should have a listen to. Whether it's content from one of our many live events, like the SPI Podcast Lounge, or perhaps a replay of older archived episodes that have garnered thousands of downloads, or maybe just a glimpse at what was published on the podcast this last week. This is yet one more way that you can learn and grow with us here on Suncast. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guests, recommendations, etc. on the blog at mysuncast.com. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, welcome back to another session here live at Solar Power International 2019. We're in the podcast lounge produced by Suncast Media. Thanks to our sponsor, Radiant Reads. We also want to thank our session sponsor today, DynaPower. DynaPower's DC and AC coupled energy storage solutions for CNI and utility scale solar plus storage. With over 600 megawatts deployed worldwide, DynaPower is your solution for DC and AC coupled storage solutions. Today, we are going to have some time with Mr. A.J. Perkins, president and co-founder of DR Microgrid. You'll have a chance to hear from A.J. on some of the other show stages as well. But first, welcome to the show, A.J. Thank you so much. Indeed. It's, it's, it's exciting to be here. Exciting to have you here. You guys are working on some very, very exciting things, and it is, uh, you know, for such a young company, which we're going to hear more about, it is impressive the amount of traction that you've been able to get in the marketplace, and I'm really glad that we can bring, shed some light on that. In the context of the rise of resiliency and battery storage, solar plus storage, et cetera, microgrids, uh, which used to be sort of a, a... a term that was bantered around, you know, sort of bantered around a lot, has, I feel, stepped back in the conversation, uh, and there's much more residential storage and resiliency conversation. Microgrids are now sort of understood as the underlying fabric of the way that grids will evolve moving forward, as is one way to say it. I would love to hear, AJ, from the, from the very beginning, your introduction to the grid resiliency side of the business what informs your, uh, your vision for DR Microgrid? Thank you. We, we've been working with Lockheed Martin Energy on a few different programs, aggregating CNI customers throughout the Southern California Edison region. And throughout that time, we saw a lot of changes in the energy market. 
And one of the things that happened was last year as the wildfires came through California, we we saw that things were coming about. And last year I got a call from Jigger Shaw from, you know, the famous Jigger Shaw that basically <laughs> says, hey, Mr. Perkins, we need your help. We're going to need microgrids built because one of the things that's going to happen is they're going to have to shut off the power grid next year. When these wildfires come through California, they're going to need to protect communities by shutting off the grid and we can go ahead and help finance these microgrids. Yeah. And that's where the birth of the whole idea of creating resiliency through microgrids started to come about. And again, technology has evolved. Microgrids in the past were large facilities, university campuses, right. large manufacturing plants, hospitals. Um, the fact that technology has given us the ability to install microgrids on smaller entities like small to mid-sized businesses and now homes, it's really um, come a long way. Yeah, it has come a long way. One of the things that I ask myself when I am thinking about how, uh, well, when I try to put myself in the shoes of an entrepreneur starting a business, and you guys are a very young company, started when? April. In April. 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 So this year, coming out of the gates, and you already came out of the gates swinging with success, what informs your, uh, the, the background of understanding? Where have you been involved in energy prior to DR Microgrid? You mentioned Lockheed Martin, but unpack a little bit more some of the stuff on the California Energy Alliance, et cetera. Sure. So my, so my background really comes from business. You know, it, it, energy is new to myself and, and some of my team members. We, we've built businesses in the past in, to large scales. But as we looked at the energy sector, we saw that there were some opportunities that by bringing together technologies in ways that currently haven't been put together. So we took a dive into the residential side, understood what was going on there, started getting into the commercial side, and that's where we were fortunate to get a contract with Lockheed Martin Energy. As we started to work with Lockheed on some of their CNI projects, we saw so many opportunities, and that's where we got involved with demand response, with energy efficiency, with power generation, and we said, you know, we need to bring all of this together. Yeah. Well, one of the big things holding back uh, even demand response is regulatory uh, policy. The ability for, in, for, for there to be scale is held back by a few boulders that need to be moved along or moved out of the way. Can you talk a bit to the work that you guys are doing with the Energy Alliance sure. in, in that regard? Sure. The California Energy Alliance is really working hard to help improve, you know, Title 24 policy as, as energy. For those who aren't familiar, evolved. Title 24 is the California... It's the California Code for Building, right. and, and specifically we're working with the CEC, the California Energy Commission, to help create a, a better policy for us moving forward with this, new, uh, this, with this new age. And on our side, what we've seen is that for somebody that's been on the ground, that's talking to these businesses about demand response, one of the things that I saw that happened a lot was a lot of companies were opting out of these events because it was disruptive. And that's what made us different is when we go ahead and put a customer into demand response, we're giving them a microgrid that allows them to island themselves so they can participate and support the grid in demand response without upsetting business operations. They don't have to shut off air conditioners. They don't have to shut off lights. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that not a lot of people are doing out there. So in in traditional demand response, then the customer has very little control over what gets throttled or shut down altogether? So they, so they have an opportunity to talk about what it is that's acceptable for mm-hmm. f- to get shut off. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, nobody likes to turn off equipment. You mm-hmm. know, if, if I'm paying engineers $150 an hour and they start to sweat because I shut off equipment, I'm opting out of it. So when we go ahead and put a microgrid in place, it, we give them the resiliency to be able to say, hey, we'll maximize your demand response revenue by yep. islanding yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. I read a quote that you had recently that says you allow businesses to carry on with their operations while availing demand response revenue. And that speaks to uh, the, this idea of value stacking, Correct. right? Help me understand what value stacking is for the layperson who's not, who's not steeped in this, in this business. That we're sure. Right now, when people, when people talk about buying backup power, they're traditionally looking at buying a generator. You know, I'm going, to spend, I'm going to spend a couple thousand dollars. When the power goes out, I turn on my generator. So that's one value is being able to have backup. Another value is being able to utilize battery storage to um, do peak shaving. So in California, there's time of use. So between the hours of 4 and 9 p.m. is the highest charges. So if I'm able to go ahead and move some of my load onto my battery storage, then now I can go ahead and eliminate some of that demand, high demand charges. So now what I've done is I've been able to take that one asset, my battery, and use it for peak shaving, demand charge management, for backup power, and in our case, demand response as well. Hey, commercial solar friends, you've probably heard that 2020 starts the solar plus decade. Well, that doesn't just mean solar plus storage. It means solar plus intelligent software like DemandX, extensible energy's demand charge reduction software that inexpensively reduces demand and time of use charges by 30% without batteries or extra permitting. By including DemandX software in your proposals, you'll increase customer ROI, shorten payback times, and help close more commercial solar and storage deals. Contact Extensible Energy at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast for a free demand charge analysis for your commercial solar project and start closing more sales in the solar plus decade. You know, I feel pretty confident to say that if you're listening to Suncast, you are an infinite learner, always looking for a new approach. And that's precisely why CPS America has agreed to help make this fresh content possible for you each and every week. CPS is the USA market share leader of three-phase string inverters, pioneering that approach since before it was cool. With more than two gigawatts shipped in America, their feature-rich, high-performance inverters and nimble service team stand out in a sea of sameness, just like you do. If you'd like to find out what CPS can do for your C&I or utility-scale business, you can click their logo at mysuncast.com or shoot me an email for an intro and let them know that you heard it here on Suncast. How does a customer know where where the value is in that value stacking? How do you evaluate where the investment is a worthy investment, how far down the rabbit hole to go? Correct. So I, I, when we looked at it, it was always about priorities based on what is necessary for their business to operate. Mm-hmm. So when we build a system, it's, it's what's first and foremost. So obviously it's operating their business as is. Then we look at what's the next value being able to demand shave and and say, hey, you know what, the cost of energy is $22 right now. Let's go ahead and use our energy that we produced at 22 cents. Right. So, and then we just continue to go down that priority chain to see where is where is the most value that we're able to get out of these energy storage systems. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned energy storage, and we haven't explicitly talked about the fact that within a microgrid, uh, there is energy storage increasingly in- included. Have microgrids always included energy storage? Yeah, they've, they've always included some sort of energy storage. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, it's, it's definitely a necessary part of that generation mm-hmm. and storage to be able to island yourself. And 
is the I mean, you you are an an integrator. You are, I presume, agnostic to Correct. technology. How do you help your client decide what sort of battery to- storage technology to utilize? I mean, we're here at Energy Storage International. There's every type of technology and combination you can imagine. That's a, that seems to me like a baffling. Uh, problem to solve within the the larger problem of creating a microgrid itself. Correct. Yeah, and it's you know it, it there is there is no one size fits all. Whenever we walk into a facility, we're always looking at what are the opportunities and challenges that this facility presents. Is it a facility that creates a lot of heat? Then we need to make sure that we watch for the thermal overruns and and make sure that the batteries don't overheat. You know, we've had instances where we walked into a facility and they have energy, they have batteries that's on the side that caught fire. But it's because it wasn't the right application. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think that's the big important part is being able to understand what the needs are, what the conditions are present, mm-hmm. and how do we select the right system for them. Yeah. Is, I'm wondering if you, because I presume that your team is constantly evaluating, one of the reasons I bet you're here is to do this. What do you see on the forefront of battery storage technology right now? Things that perhaps are going away that we've considered a, a, a standard or a staple, things that are coming along that weren't possible a year, two years ago? What? Sure. I, I mean, one of the things that we see prevalent is a lot of these energy storage batteries specifically are are extending the life of their batteries. They're trying to keep their batteries in line with the solar and all the other generation assets. I mean, 10 years is, is a short life cycle when you're dealing with a 30-year project. Um, so that's one thing we see a lot, the, the smart energy being able to control batteries in a better way is also very prevalent for us we we're looking for costco supplies you know because what we do is so important we cannot have brand new technology come in and then we're we're bottlenecked because of it so even though we see a lot of technologies come in front of us we're really looking for technologies that can be deployed in large scale do you see the rise of uh machine learning and ai really uh, scaling microgrids? Does it impact microgrids at all? And if so, how? Correct. It, it, it absolutely does. On our side, we have AI learning on our controls. And you know, it's something that we're really proud of because it actually takes all the different values. It takes all of the data points and actually makes the decision. So we kind of liken it to a GPS navigation system that will hey, t- tell you that there's traffic and it tells you a new route. On ours, the AI actually drives the car for you. So it tells us what's going on as far as with your energy production, where to use it, and which is the best place to deploy it. As we continue down the road, when we get into demand response, it actually watches the markets and it identifies where's the best place for us to put it because of the values associated with it. Yeah, one of the places that you guys have been focused in large part because you're involved in the California Energy Alliance is California. Obviously, the fires last year created a whole uh, a whole new focus sure. on how our grid evolves. And as we rebuild, how do we rebuild the grid? You, uh, I don't know if you guys coined a term, but the idea of a, D- a DR nano grid Correct. is something that is very much com- moving to the forefront of the of the conversation. Can you unpack what that means for us? Sure. Nanogrid? So we were at Microgrid Knowledge um, this past summer, and one of the things that happened is they somebody did a example of their home microgrid that they built themselves and then the organizer stood up and asked is there a plug-and-play version of this and it was crickets there was no plug-and-play version of a home microgrid we were utilizing a home microgrid on a commercial scale basically and we said you know we need to create a plug-and-play version so solar installers can really go out there and support the communities so what does that look like though a home microgrid because really i mean a, a home microgrid for me is you're saying an off-grid system that had its grid-tied off-grid system. Correct. 
but is there something additional to it that allows interoperability between homes so that you can now build nodes? What, where are we going with yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, the, the future is exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So on our side, we build a nano grid that allows a home to be able to island itself. So wow. if anything happens, yeah. you know, you've got solar, you've got a battery storage, you've got an AI control that can disconnect itself from the grid so that it can function when the grid is not working. So that's one thing. Then within that nano grid, we're connecting that nano grid to the, say, the community microgrid. So the community microgrid is also able to support what's going on as that is connected to the macro grid, the big utility grid. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's this DERS conversation, you know, this distributed energy resources. Mm-hmm. It allows us to make sure that everything is working. It's it's a coordinated response. Yeah. You, you know, one of the conversations around getting microgrids integrated into communities, but also integrated into buildings for businesses is this idea of, inter- of revenue stacking and the idea of revenue for someone, not the utility, is a new frontier for Correct. us, right? Where do you see 15, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, the transactions happening for energy? Sure. I, th- I mean, right now, we, we recently did a pilot in New Zealand where we worked with a PPA, a finance company, in which they paid for solar, 10 kWh batteries, and our controls to go in there. Mm-hmm. And what we did was our controls segmented 20% of the batteries for the PPA company to sell into the demand response market. So we took an added revenue stream, added it to the PPA, and now their payback period is eight months. Wow. So you oversized the system. To no. Able, no. So, so actually, so it was a 10 kWh system. I mean, it's, it, that's not a large battery storage system. But when you come home as a homeowner, you got an 8KW8 system. That's right. good. I mean, at that point, you need an essential loads panel. So it, it was a good opportunity. So what we see here in the United States is being able to do that same you know, metric by saying, you know, maybe finance companies would come in and pay for all of this because now there's an added revenue stream. Uh, developers would do this as well because now the developer is able to participate in that demand response revenue yeah. and definitely the utilities. Well, AJ, it's really exciting what you guys are working on. You're presenting at the Microgrid Theater later today, right? 430. 430. Yes, please. So for anyone who wants to hear more about what AJ and his team are working on over at DR Microgrid, please go to the Microgrid Theater. You're also sponsoring a happy hour? Yes, at from 5 to 6 right there in the Microgrid Theater. We've got drinks and refreshments. Fantastic. Yes. Well, we look forward to hearing more of how DR Microgrid expands. I mean, if the if the, if the almighty uh, uh, Jigger Shaw has anointed... Uh, the pathway, certainly, if not you, someone, you might as well take the helm. We definitely want to try to help all we can. Yeah, well, wish you all the best of luck. Thanks for joining us here in the Podcast Lounge. AJ Perkins, the president and co-founder of DR Microgrid. Nico, thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warrior. But if you're hankering for more, you can find the resources and highlights from this and every discussion along with social media links for today's guest, book recommendations, and more on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with this Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails, or even joining our exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you've been wondering how you can partner with Suncast as a sponsor, get coaching from Nico to help scale your clean energy business, transition into the solar industry, or maybe just commune with other like-minded souls. You can find all that and more online at mysuncast.com. Check out the members section or the work with me section. We keep a running list of our live events where Nico is going to be in the world. I'm referring to myself in the third person here. I do travel a lot and we tell you, generally speaking, where I'm going to be. 
on the website. And you can also learn how to participate and learn more from Suncast. Thanks again to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them and see if it's something that you'd be interested in doing at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.